The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Open, the Masters class. That's right. This drops each and every Sunday. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe and comment. We appreciate all the loyalty. And, of course, you can always hear Busted Open Monday through Saturday. 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. And as we do with every Busted Opens the Masters class, we have Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition. I think school is now in session. You guys are our professors for the weekend. And what a weekend it is because tonight, as this podcast drops Sunday morning tonight, we have Hell in a Cell, and there's an interesting history when it comes to Hell in a Cell. We're going to say, share some of our favorite Hell in a Cell matches, moments, and maybe even some moments that you guys have had inside Hell in a Cell. Really quick, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of Georgia Championship Wrestling. Tommy Wildfire Rich and Buzz Sawyer was one of my all-time favorite feuds and their blow off match which was at the Omni in Atlanta October 23rd 1983 a lot of people that regard that as the first ever Hell in a Cell match wasn't billed as a Hell in a Cell's match it was a cage match with a roof over the top so a lot of people look back as that being the original Hell in a Cell match but guys there's a lot of tradition when it comes to Hell in a Cell um so maybe we can go into some of our all-time favorite Hell in a Cell matches. Tommy, what would be your favorite Hell in a Cell match? Hmm. Thinking about the history, uh, and I know this, for me, set the bar, and it's the most talked about, and that's uh, Undertaker, Mankind. One, because it really did put Mankind on that next level. Uh, I believe he had this amazing match with... Shawn Michaels uh, in a steel cage. It was in Philadelphia, and it saw, like, the crazy bumps. Uh, I've been in steel cages. I've been in war games. I've never been in hell in a cell. But everyone talks about the the danger, and, and we all know about getting thrown off of it. And then you also hear about, you know, I remember watching it and thinking, like, oh, this is all rigged, where you would step on the top, and, you know, it was meant to break. Then you find out years later, and I'm telling you, I found this out on the Mick Foley documentary. It wasn't meant to break. And when he got choke slammed through the cage 
and hits the ring. Years later, they gimmick the ring, which was just horrible. You know, and the chair hits him in his face. He loses his tooth. It was amazing storytelling and like put Mick Foley next level on uh, the map. The other thing that amazes me that I found out watching the Mick Foley documentary, and I have no clue how nobody has ever spoken of this except for the man himself, that the undertaker had a broken ankle going into that match and climbing the hell in a cell with a broken ankle and then stepping on footing that literally is falling every time they said it, or these uns, you know how much pain that dude must've been in. And I understand, you know, Mick Foley wanted that pain and undertaker kept telling him no, but undertaker goes into that match with a broken ankle and performs to the level that he did. And another great moment is when, uh, Terry Funk gets choke slammed and he made his shoes fall off because he took a, as he's going up in the air, he popped off his shoes, his sneakers, which is an unknown thing, but Terry loved talking about it to make it look like how devastating the choke slam was that it knocked his sneakers off his feet. Wow. That's right. good, Tommy. At Damn, the, you set the one. bar high as hell. <laughs> Shit. But you, uh, but but you, you know want to go? I, damn. But and you know kudos what? to like, Mick Foley uh, because I always said I took all those bumps uh, everywhere, but Mick Foley took one really big one and got paid a lot more money than I ever did for it. <laughs> so I'm an idiot. You know what? Though, Tommy, but for moments, I, I think people would go back to that for what we saw, like the you know the train, like what it did to Mick Foley, and obviously added as you said to Mick Foley's legacy. But Bully, you know, when it comes to actual matches. In a hell in a cell, what match would you choose as your favorite? Before I get to my favorite hell in a cell, Tommy talking about Mick Foley and getting paid a lot more money, you know, for for taking those kind of falls. I actually learned a very important lesson from Mick Foley and um, taking you back to the first TLC when I climbed the 20 foot ladder and then edging Christian, you know, pushed it over and I fell through the four tables on the floor. I remember talking to Mick Foley a couple of weeks later, and he said, Bubba, why did you take that bump? And I said, well, Mick, I wanted to do something memorable. Just like you got thrown off the top of the cage, I wanted to carve out my little moment in history. And he goes, that's great, but do you realize you would have gotten paid the same amount of money for taking a clothesline? And I thought about it for a second, and that's when I realized, you know, Tommy is saying that Mick Foley got paid a lot more money, but he would have gotten paid the same amount of money if he wouldn't have taken the bump off the top of the cage. Meaning, when you're doing these things and taking these crazy bumps, just keep in mind that the almighty dollar is the most important thing if you're going to put your body on the line like that. Because I don't believe we actually get bonused in the world of the WWE for taking a fall from 20 feet high or taking a backdrop. I know I never did. I don't know about Tommy or Mark, but that just reminded me of that. Mark, what were you going to say? I was going to say that... It's kind of counterproductive. I mean, not counterproductive. It's like what you're saying has some relevancy, but as it relates to royalties and how much usage footage gets used and when they get when it gets used, the impressions of Mick Foley being tossed off the cage, Undertaker 
It's probably got as many usage and as many views as anything that they've ever done in history. So when his royalties come, it's on the video game. It's on this. It's on that. Mick got paid a lot of money because he his, the spot that he picked just happened to be one of the most iconic bumps that ever was taken. So, um, yeah, he, he, he does get paid more. On the back end, not on the for back the actual, end, but like, not I, for the I, actual bump. Right. Yeah. And I think that was the lesson he was trying to teach me was, listen, be very selective about your huge bumps because you're not going to make any more money for that actual night. So that was a cool right, lesson right, to, to right. learn from from Mick. And I'm still waiting for him to give me back my red and black flannel. Uh, <laughs> but that's a story for another podcast. Um, as far as my favorite Hell in a Cell match. Um, there are so many of the typical ones, and I'm not going with a typical one because as a tag team wrestler, I know what it's like to be kind of on the back burner in the WWE unless you steal your spot on the front of the burner, unless you take your spot on the front of the burner. And I believe at Hell in a Cell 2017, the Usos and the New Day took their spot at the front of the burner. Uh, It was for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, two real traditional tag teams. I don't think there's ever been a traditional tag team match in Hell in a Cell with, like I said, real deal tag teams like the New Day and the Usos. I know there might have been one or two other tag matches, but it was like Stone Cold and Taker versus somebody else or this guy and this guy thrown together tag teams. So for me as a tag guy, it was nice to see the Usos and the New Day, two teams that me and Devon got to work with when we went back to the WWE in 2015, 2016, get an opportunity to go out there in a match that is normally uh, set aside for a singles feud. Not only did they get, as, a, as two traditional tag teams get to go into the cell, I believe they stole the show that night. Uh, and to be the match of the night at a, a pay-per-view like Hell in a Cell is a big deal. So definitely the Usos and the New Day uh, get my uh, pick for favorite Hell in a Cell match. All right. Um, I like it. Dave, can I just piggyback off of something that Mark said and something that Bully said? Uh, Bubba, I uh, I agree. Like, to me, it's, it's risk or reward. That bump that you took, they have played it thousands of times and you will live forever for your body of work even when you're long gone same like what mark said they show that clip of mick foley going off the cage and you hear you know now like jr's classic call my god that man's broken in half is played you know everywhere um and when you talk about monetizing from it wwe's monetized from it especially with social media but it's a whole world that we never were involved in when we were all there and WWE makes a lot more money on those clips of Mick Foley taking those bumps. And Mark, I will tell you this, uh, you're no longer in that system. Wait till you see your, uh, your, your next few royalty checks. They somehow magically start going way down. Um, just I believe so they went you, down because of the network. The network. Yeah, but I'm just telling you even more so. Uh, they just showed a clip of ECW One Night Stand 2005. I wrote, directed, produced every match, and wrestled in the main event. I wasn't even on the clip. And Who'd you work with in the main event? Uh, wow. Some fat guy. 
Devon's not that fat. Come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> Don't throw Devon on the line. <laughs> Mark, Whatever what about you? Well, well, Mark, you were a world champion going into a Hell in a Cell match with Randy Orton. Yeah, and I felt robbed even though I won because uh, I'm such a mark legitimately and figuratively that I wanted to have a Hell in a Cell match where every time somebody took a bump, the fire came up. And, I, and they, they told me no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait, why it. would the fire come it. up? You, you don't remember the Hell in a Cell where the fire came up every time that somebody got slammed or clotheslined, the fire... <laughs> Like, wasn't that like a inferno match or something? Yeah, it was an inferno match. Wasn't it Hell in a Cell? It was a Hell in a Cell inferno uh, match. I don't I think so. I think it was chat. just an inferno match between Taker and Kane. Right. But I don't think I it was think in a cell. You, I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna go check out the video well, tape. You know what? Okay. Maybe it wasn't because the one that the the one that I like was was Taker and Kane 2010, but that that one wasn't an Inferno match. Maybe I've been hitting the head so many times I've put shit together. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why but, they said you can't get fired, you idiot, because it doesn't yeah, exist maybe, anymore. I, <laughs> maybe that's why. Um, but I, I would have loved to be a just fly like on Tommy, the wall I have tried too. to let, let you down gently. Oh, sorry, Mark. They didn't let me down Can't gently. <laughs> Bully, it wasn't gentle. It wasn't gentle. They, no Vaseline, nothing. Just, no, why would we do that? That's, come on. Plus all the baby oil that Randy Orton has on, that could be flammable. I mean, that could be, that could be dangerous. Dave, but I, just, like, just like Tommy, I have two. Okay. Taker and Kane, 2010. And then Sasha Banks and um, and Becky Lynch, their Hell in a Cell match. Not only was it the first women's Hell in a Cell, and it was just so many like unbelievable layers that those women did that I just was like, you know what, man? I would not have been mad if that would have been the main event. And this was before the women were doing all the main events. Now we got it's commonplace for women to be in the main event. Yep. But that was the first time, and uh, I got I got to give them a lot of respect for that. You know, I think a lot. Oh, go ahead, bully. Was there ever a hell in a cell match? Let me preface my question with: I'm tired of everybody climbing to the top of the cell. It because that seems to be what everybody is waiting for. So my memory is a little shot. Has there ever been a Hell in a Cell match where the people in the cage did not climb to the top of the cell? Well, yeah, that was going to mm. be a match that I brought up, and that is, you know, Undertaker, Triple H, uh, end of an era match, Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania 28 in Miami, which I think is an extremely underrated match. I mean, that was like full-blown The Undertaker's streak. Uh, Shawn Michaels does the super kick into the into Triple H doing the pedigree on the Undertaker. Where I think everybody in the stadium thought he was actually going to get the one, two, three, and we're going to see the Undertaker lose. A lot of people, and I think, and I think a big reason why I love that match so much too is that when you think of Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell, you think of the Undertaker. A lot of people think of Triple H, so that's definitely one of my favorites from WrestleMania 28 and underrated I don't. as well. Really? I mean, it is an underrated match, but 
Uh, I don't think of Undertaker and Triple H. I, I I think of Undertaker, Mick Foley. I think of Undertaker, Kane. When I think Hell in a Cell, um, I mean, if if they said uh, one person's picture was in there, it would be Undertaker. Hell in a Cell is yes. a byproduct of the dead man. Yeah, Dave. What's the what's the number one thing we bitch about when it comes to steel cage matches? Well, a steel cage match, it should A, be like the blow-off match for a feud. And the other thing is it should can, you know keep the competitors in the ring and keep people from coming into the ring. So, there you go. Yeah. And you would think with a hell in a cell, it would be to the umpteenth degree because the structure is so much bigger. It's covered. But we've gotten away from what these gimmick matches are supposed to be all about. I want to see a Hell in a Cell match, and the one you brought up, it's it's not as memorable to me, um, I, but moving forward, use the cell for what it's supposed to be. Now it's just a spectacle. Now you're tuning in just to see the Hell in a Cell, and if the combatants, how many uh, gimmicks are going to be under the ring for guys to hit each other with, and who's going to climb to the top, and who's going to rip a door off, and who's going to take a Mick Foley-esque bump. I dare somebody to just work a match in a cell. Well, I mean, that's what I'd like to see. What do you think, Mark? I I did. Um, Nobody got out of the, you and Randy didn't go out of the cage. No, we didn't go out. We, 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 everything pretty much was in the ring in that ringside. Uh, I think the, about the extent of it was um, me putting Randy getting Randy outside and and grabbing his head and holding the post and pushing his head into the post, like uh, me getting ready to put him into the post and him going behind and pushing me into it. Um, we did a, we did a, a spot on the floor where uh, I pressed him and threw him into the cage and he took a pump, which, which made me go, Oh shit. Like it scared me, but it's like, uh, it's a, the floor is padded. Uh, we talk about hell in a cell and hell in a cell was under more con- con- control than the, um, elimination chamber, the elimination chamber. I, I, I sustained injuries that I still feel today. Um, the hell in the cell was, uh, a lot more tame and, but it, but but saying that you were actually in a hell in a cell match meant a lot to me in my career because uh, of the prestige of the wrestler and the prestige. They just didn't let anybody in those matches. And I just felt like, you know, damn, I'm honored to be in, in, the, in, the, in the business at this level to where they uh, allow me to, um, you know, entertain the fans by one of the things that everybody liked the most. Bob, have you ever been in a cage? Yes, in ECW and against the Hardys at the Survivor Series where we won the WCW um, right, right, right. championships. Yep. I've been in a, just a limited amount of cage, cage matches. I think the fans don't realize how much those cages hurt when you hit them. And uh, I know that. The WWE cages, I've never been in, uh, but I've touched them. Those, it's like the tightest fencing. And like, 
it's steel wrapped around it and those bars, but even in like, I've been in like crappy independent cages, but I've also been in cages that were in, you know, in ECW that we meant to be built better. And it was just, you'd hit those bars and you'd get cut or that's also because balls Mahoney built the cage, but that's a whole other story. Just to, just to prove to you how shot I am at times. Like you asked me if I've ever been in a cage and I was like, oh yeah, I think once in ECW and then oh, the tag match against the Hardys, you know, at Survivor Series. Lockdown. Um, I won my <laughs> first ever World Heavyweight Championship in, in a steel cage and I totally forgot about that against Jeff and that's like one of my favorite matches. Yeah, lockdown in San Antonio. You won the you won the TNA yeah. World Championship by beating Jeff Hardy. And the reason I cage. can't remember thing is because of Balls Mahoney hitting me over the head too hard with a chair. <laughs> oh, and Mark Candy, Mark Henry once gave me a splash one time. That really knocked me out cold. Oh, let Bless Mark go and talk about it. Mark don't want to talk about it. Because the splash wasn't I'm for me. Arms. It was for somebody else. I'm folding my that arms. That splash wasn't meant for me. Well, I saw Mark Henry. He, Mark Henry was supposed to splash somebody else, but I saw him coming for me, and it was like in slow motion. I was like, no! <laughs> Kaboom! <laughs> World's strongest slam on the floor. Tommy Dreamer shit himself. That's right. Oh. You make Tommy shit himself, Mark. <laughs> shot, a, shot a turd right out of him. Listen, Dave, you know you've taken a hard bump when you shit yourself. Yeah. yeah. The worst is when I never felt it. That was so, the worst so part. So, Bully, we, we all have the distinction of doing that. You did it too, right? No, I... I yeah, you I missed the senton. Did. I missed the senton and crapped my pants. Okay. Green and Tommy sliders. did it. And um, I did it, but not in the ring. And it, it was, I, I almost hate to tell the story. Fuck. It's too late. I'm, I'm in it now. <laughs> no, it's too late now. Oh, shit. Um, literally. Um, <laughs> I, um, me and D'Lo were tagging, and I don't know what we ate. We both were. D'Lo did a leg drop, and he shit himself with the outlaws on the leg drop. You know, springboard D'Lo used to do the springboard leg drop, bang. And, and I was laughing, and this is a karma thing. I'm laughing because he, he turns to me and go, oh, man. And I went, what? And he was like. I think I shit myself, and I went, <laughs> and I shit myself, too. <laughs> oh. oh, my God, this is horrible. I mean, I know the fans right now are going, what? So we could do a whole podcast on uh, the times people poop themselves. Once we are oh in a battle man, royal I, in I, India, it was Dustin, D'Lo, uh, Lance Storm and I think Regal all in the same battle royal and uh they all <laughs> crapped themselves because they all were so sick and gold dust crapped all in the gold dust outfit it was all down and and stuck in his gold dust <laughs> leg oh, oh man <laughs> bless his heart man Andre, how about when Andre crapped on Bam Bam Bigelow's head yeah but he did that purposely yeah. Wow. Andre I, I, like don't, I didn't Bam. know that God story. Rest his soul. You... God rest both of their souls. Andre did not like Bam Bam and had Bam Bam, Bam in Bam the corner. Left, Bam Bam's... And Andre turned around, put his ass right on Bam Bam's head, 
let one fly, and the green apple splatters happened all over Bam Bam's head. Oh, shit. That was a big reason why Bam Bam left. I remember he went to WCW. Wow. Things you learn. Man, on I, did, I didn't know that. Man. Literally. Well, you're welcome, podcast guys. You're welcome. And well, girls. I, we went from hell in a cell to shit in the ring, but enjoy hell in a cell tonight on Peacock. Guys, I think we dropped some knowledge and maybe even a little bit more. And a load. Drop a load or two. Uh, 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 the, the stench and on that will note, reek. let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the Busted Opens Master's Class drops each and every Sunday on all um, social media uh, podcast platforms. Please make sure you rate and subscribe. We have some amazing content for you, the wrestling fan. Also, listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156 for Bully Ray, for Tommy Dreamer, for Mark Henry. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.